Hello and welcome to the very first episode of The Sex Lives of Others. Thanks very much for tuning in. My name is Frank and today I'll be speaking to a friend of mine called Vincent. Vincent is 27, he's from New York and he's a lawyer at one of Paris's biggest fashion houses. He also does ridiculously well on Tinder. So much so that a few months ago they personally emailed him to offer him a premium account. Now, all that means in practice is that he unlocks some extra emojis and can see who's liked him. But it also means that Vincent is officially a so-called influencer. I sat down with him last week in a little studio in central Paris to find out what it all means and just how tindering has affected his everyday life. So it's about 11.30. How many people have liked your profile so far today? Do you know? Um, 70 this morning. And as far as individuals that I've like liked back, we're at four. What's your secret? I'm not sure if there's like a special like sauce or like secret to being successful on Tinder. The only thing I would say is trying to distinguish yourself from the monotony of headless torsos that exist because if you are just like oh average dude with a six-pack sure you're gonna get swiped on sometimes but you're not gonna intrigue anyone to swipe because they want to find out more like on mine for instance it says currently wandering around the city of lights if it's a runway or wall street there's a good chance i'm on it because i work in finance in the business world and i also work for a fashion company how much time do you spend or did you spend on crafting your profile less than half an hour how many dates would you go on on average per week? Last week was like an average week, and I went on three or four. I'm not sure if we can call one of them a date. Well, yeah, four. Okay. If you had to give a percentage of time that there's a romantic spark and something happens, what would you say that would be? 25%. Romantic spark, 25%. Yeah. Yeah. Could you tell us your best experience on a Tinder date? I'm not sure if it's the best experience, but it's definitely one of the most interesting experiences. So I was swiping. This is back in New York. So I meet up with this guy. He's like, oh, we're going to like an Eyes Wide Shut party. Just quickly, for those of you that haven't seen Eyes Wide Shut, it is a Stanley Kubrick film featuring everyone's favorite Scientologist, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I'm pretty sure the scene that Russell is referring to is one in which Tom Cruise turns up at a big manor house and everyone is naked wearing masks and perhaps the odd cape. And they're all shagging, and I think at some point there's some human sacrifice as well. And things go exactly as you expected in an Eyes Wide Shut party. Masks are on, clothes are off. Are people, just to clarify, are people fully naked? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How else do you get to, you know, what? Yeah, of course. So yeah. you're at this New York townhouse, everyone's naked with masks on. What happens? <laughs> Exactly what you would expect to happen. People are in various stages of relations, we'll just say. Then all of a sudden, I don't know how it appeared, but there was a treasure chest. And inside the treasure chest was a 90-pound baboon dressed as the devil. In an orgy in a New York townhouse with 40 people. Okay, I don't really know what to say to that. Were, were, were people interacting with the baboon, was it? Um, 
people were interacting in that they were running the fuck away. The only thing I can compare it to is imagine you were locked in a treasure chest and then jumped out of it to find 40 baboons having sex around you. What would your reaction be? And that was sort of the sheer terror that the baboon experienced. And it was also dressed up like Satan, which added a whole nother level of intrigue because what? I assume you immediately called animal protection. Um, no, because <laughs> you don't you don't keep going when there's a baboon in the room. You like run the F away. And that's just sort of like the average frivolity that one can encounter when tindering. Like it can go from super romantic, romantic comedy like dates to, hey, then you're surrounded by 40 people having an orgy. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's a baboon in the room. Have you experienced animal animal usage on any other Tinder dates? No, no, absolutely not. Like I've gone to the zoo with someone on a Tinder date, but the animals were firmly locked in their cages. And probably not dressed up. No, no, none of the animals at the zoo were made to look like Satan or any other demonic beasts. A bit of a broad brush question. Do you think that Tinder in the gay community differs from how it is in the straight community? I would say yes. Dating apps have been an integral part of the gay community for longer than in the straight community. And Tinder, for at least me, seems to be more about like making connections on a non-physical level than other apps that exist in the gay community. Because if I'm looking for just like a slam piece for an hour, there are other apps for that. Like one where it's almost frowned upon to show your face. Can you just tell us what a slam piece is? Oh, a slam piece, like, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a piece of meat that you slam your body into repeatedly for a given amount of time. Do you remember a time before dating apps? No, I don't, because, like, I didn't even come out of the closet until I was 19. So before that, I was dating, technically, women, which there wasn't any dating going on. Good night kiss. That's all that happened. And I'm pretty sure, like, there were already gay dating apps then. So I've always existed in a world where there was gay dating apps. Does that mean you think you'll forever be on dating apps? Probably, but that's only predicated on me not being in a relationship. The most recent long-term relationship I was in was someone who was equally successful as me on Tinder. So it was just sort of like, oh, who can get the most matches? And then sometimes we would swipe together for like finding a third person who maybe wanted to come out with us that night for whatever. But it was sort of hard to see him be more successful, and it was hard for him to see me be more successful because it's like then you see someone who's maybe interested in your partner and not you, and that can sort of be a vice in between the two people in the relationship. To give a bit of context for my next question, I should probably just say here that my own personal Tinder career has not been a resounding success, and I recently have deleted the app because I was getting no matches and it was just fostering feelings of inadequacy. I think if I was in your position with so many potential partners on a dating app, I think I'd be racked by the thought that I could be doing better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened and does it play on your mind or is it not really something you're worried about? Oh, most definitely. For me, it would be like, okay, you have to check every single one of the boxes 
for me to be like, okay, cool. Like, I have no need to further explore because all of my needs are fulfilled by you. And, and if that's not there, then why not keep looking? Because if Tinder and other dating apps have shown me anything, is that there are a myriad of choices out there. Do you think being in the dating app game has changed your view of human relationships and short-term sexual encounters? Probably because psychologically it offers instant validation. For instance, oh, if I'm having a bad day or feeling bad about myself, just open an app and be like, okay, now all of these boys will call me pretty and then I can sleep with one of them, feel like a short-term boost, but then it builds onto like a cycle of addiction almost, that you're like constantly seeking out validation and only being able to find validation through the opinions of others. And it sort of grates on you as a person. If you're ever feeling down or you're feeling a bit low on self-confidence, you're saying it's potentially a way of picking you up. Do you feel like you rely on it for that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. And if I'm being critical about myself, like I'd say that's probably one of my biggest problems when it comes to Tinder and like being an influencer and being so successful on there. It affords me the opportunity to instantly seek validation from an app. It's sort of like like becoming uncomfortable with just you yourself and using it as a distraction mechanism to sort of like avoid and deny either like problems or issues in your own personal life and just take an app and be like, okay, if I'm doing this, I'm not focusing on like the core issue at hand. What kind of stuff might, might that be that you distract yourself from? Oh, just like any self-doubt, unhappiness with like my personal situation, like think I'm not as ripped or as swole or whatever. Can you see yourself ever deleting Tinder, renouncing the uh, the dating app lifestyle? Or do you think you're you're too deep? Do I think I have enough like resolve and personal strength to do it? Probably not. Me knowing myself as an individual, I don't think that I'm strong enough to do that. You come across as quite a strong person. I'm quite surprised that you think you couldn't do without that crutch. I could definitely do without it, but at the same time, it's fun and nice to meet new people. And especially if I'm feeling down, it's a nice place to turn to. It's not integral into my life in any way. So like everything, like everyone, the way you perceive your relationship with Tinder and dating apps changes all the time, I imagine. Yeah, it changes every day. Some days, like, I don't swipe at all. Other days, if I'm super bored, I'll swipe for like an hour while I'm in a waiting room and leave with 39 different matches or something. And the same with your your relationship with how much you feel you rely on it, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Okay, Vincent. Well, it's been a very, it's been a fascinating and very candid interview. Thanks very much. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you very much for having me. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Vincent. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time.